Luke 2, 8 through 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been, what had been told about this child. <clears throat> and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. And then John 1, verse 18. No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. Now you have to excuse me this week, I've had a really busy week, and so I hope this is okay. At the last minute, I, I invited a guest speaker, and so I apologize to those of you who thought that I, I, I'm going to go get him. I'll be right back. Uh, he's right out here, and I'll just bring him in. So just take me just a second. Uh, talk amongst yourself for just a second. I'll go get him. <laughs> well, I was asked here today by Pastor Steve to, to, uh, <laughs> to leave my home and come visit you. My home is far away on two accounts. One is geography. I live a long ways away, and the other one is time. In fact, in my time, there is no map that contains the, this, this Minnesota that you speak of. And no doubt, with the winters like you have here, I can see why we haven't discovered this place yet. <laughs> there are a few things that up until about three months ago, I would say that I knew for certain. First of which... No one has ever seen God. God is spirit. He is an invisible spirit. I've known that since I was taught by the rabbi as a young boy. You can't see him. In fact, the only people who ever get to see him are now dead. He showed up to people in the ancient days, but, but not now. Today, people do not get to know God. You just try to serve him and just hope for the best. Second thing. God is not really at all directly involved in our lives here on the earth. He lives in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases. He's not really concerned about our lives or what we do or that we're in political captivity by the Romans or that the owner of the flock is now three months behind in paying any of us or that my child has a toothache or any of the day-to-day -day things that I go through or you go through. He's not really concerned about that. He's got bigger things to deal with. And the third thing is, God is so holy that there is no way 
that he would ever consider showing himself to anyone of our generation, especially someone like me. In fact, in all my 41 years of life, I have never even once entertained the thought that I would have a face-to-face encounter with the Almighty. No way, no how. However, I had an experience about three months ago that has shaken me, that I, so much so that I'm not able to say that I believe any one of those three anymore. In your time, that experience would have happened about 2,000 years ago, but don't tell me how it ends, okay? I want to live this thing out and see how it plays out. Let me introduce myself. My name is Malachi Bar-Samson. I was named after the great prophet Malachi who wrote the last book of our holy book, our holy Bible, our holy Torah that we so cherish. As a child, I had to memorize the whole book of Malachi. It was my namesake in Hebrew. But I'll read the last chapter for you in, 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 in English because I know many of you are not, haven't brushed up lately on your Hebrew. Malachi chapter 4 says, Surely the day is coming. It will burn like a furnace. All the arrogant and every evildoer will be stubble. And that day that is coming will set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. Not a root or a branch will be left to them. But for you who revere my name, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. And you will go out and leap like calves released from their stall. Then you will trample down the wicked. They will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I do these things, says the Lord Almighty. Remember the law of my servant Moses, the decrees and laws I've gave him at Horeb for all Israel. See, I will send you the prophet Elijah before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of their children to the fathers. Or else I will come and strike the land with a curse. And that's the end. That's the end of our holy book. That's how it ends for us. Written about 400 years ago in my time, we've been waiting for these words to come true. When will this happen? What will it look like? Something major was about to happen, but when? I've been taught that our people have been waiting and waiting and waiting for these things to come true. I imagine that the first 25, maybe even up to 50 years of waiting, you could still be kind of excited. But to be honest, all my life, I've just thought it's just a nice story. Not one to actually believe would ever really come true. It's just a story to give our people hope. Since we are a very interesting people, and that we've been the subject of many different nations taking us over, and then over again, and then over again, over the last 500 years, in fact... None of my friends that I know are, are really waiting for this to come true anymore. Actually really come true. In fact, many of my friends even mock my name saying that my name, Malachi, actually provides false hope, as they call it. And so I became very cynical also. Where was God in all this? Why didn't he do something in spite of the fact that his people have been waiting and waiting and waiting? In all the time that I have to think, I started to get more and more angry and cynical toward God. Why don't you do something? Why are you leaving your people in such a mess? You see, I work nights. In a a job that's basically supervisory in nature, and so I have a lot of time to think 
and ponder things. My job is what I like to call it a natural clothing material production engineer. <laughs> Nakimpi for short. What's, what's that? Well, I, I guess some old-fashioned folks would call us shepherds, but uh, uh, hey, 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 it's a noble profession. King David was a, was a shepherd. A lot of famous people have been shepherds. Sheep aren't, you kind of get to like sheep after a while. They're, they're, they got incre they're incredible. They have incredible vision. They have a, the thing you should know about sheep is there's, there's a 70 degree angle behind them where they're completely blind so you can sneak up behind them. They won't even know you're coming. Sheep tracks are never straight because they're constantly looking behind them. Now, they're not the smartest, and so when they turn their head, they turn their bodies, and they turn. They have color vision, but it's not as developed as you and I. And sheep will remember for a lifetime their mates. They will remember, after years of separation, they'll remember who was their mate. They have an incredible sense of smell. They can smell different types of predators. They can identify them. They also smell very much. <laughs> And they're not, they're not exactly the smartest animals either. I, I was even reading in one of your magazine, uh, Newsweek, that, uh, that just this last summer, that in Turkey, the Turkish shepherds had decided to take a break and went and, and, and went out for breakfast. And in the time that they went out for breakfast, one sheep jumped over a cliff. cliff. 1,500 more sheep followed him over the cliff. 450 sheep were dead by the time this whole thing was over. No, sheep are not the smartest knives or sharpest knives in the drawer. <laughs> anyway, I have a lot of time to think as the sheep are usually asleep on my shift as are often the other shep, excuse me, Nakimpis. <laughs> I've pondered all kinds of different things at this time. But the thing that, that my mind goes over and over again as I gaze into the stars and I see the vastness of the heavens is how God is so big and yet how he just doesn't do anything. I talk to him over and over and over again about my problems and the problems of our nation and I wait for an answer, any answer, and all I usually get is a bah, <laughs> and then silence. I've almost given up. And then one night, I don't have much of this left, do I? <laughs> and then one night, <laughs> I was doing some extra special complaining to God and and I was quite vocal about it this time. Where are you? Why don't you enter into our lives and into our struggle? I started to shout to the heavens, begging God to answer, to do something, do anything. And then, and, and even as I recount this, it takes my breath away. And then something happened that made every single muscle in my body tense up and every single hair in my head stand on edge. It, it felt like a lightning storm. I could, I could feel the electricity going from my legs and coursing through my body, raging up into my chest, except there was no storm. The 
The sky was completely, completely clear. There wasn't a cloud in the entire sky. And I, and I was completely scared and, and confused and wondering if I'd ever see morning. As well, all the other shepherds that were with me were completely woken from a dead sleep to the strange, to the strange phenomenon. And then it happened. The sky lit up. Something that I can only describe as, as wonder. It wasn't lightning. It, it, it wasn't from a light source at all, like the sun or the moon. It, it, it was just wonderful. It was awesome. It was like feeling warm all over. It, the, the light filled the sky with this wonderful, warm light. And then there was, there was this... This person talking to us. But, but it wasn't like any person I'd ever seen before. He was intensely white and, 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 and I can't describe exactly what, what he was like. Now, I don't know, but I don't know about you, but, but when, when this kind of thing happens, and it, and it doesn't happen to me often, in fact, it's never happened before, but light from no source filling the sky, no clouds in the sky, a guy in shining white shows up, you freak out. I mean, I was freaking. I just stood there. <laughs> and you start, you start to wondering, has this shepherding gig doing it nights, has that just gotten to me here? So here I am, completely freaking out. And you know what this guy says, the first words out of his mouth? Don't be afraid. I don't know what, what his first guess was that I was afraid. Maybe it was my fingers shaking and my mouth open. Uh, here's the weird part. And, and it's hard for me even to... It's hard for me even to have you believe this or, or myself even to believe this. But when he said those words, don't be afraid, it was like a soothing balm going over my whole body. And I wasn't afraid. It was like it was all swept away with those words. The angel spoke again and he said something I will never forget. That he was bringing good news and that today... Not 25 years, not 50 years, not 100 years, not 400 years, not 1,000 years from now, but today, something incredible had happened. The Savior had been born. No more waiting, no more crying out to God to enter our world for help. He was here now. God had heard my midnight prayers. He even told us how to identify the child. Since there would be a lot of newborns at Bethlehem at this time, he said the baby would be wrapped in cloths, which, which, isn't, which isn't necessarily different. But the different part was he was going to be laying in a manger. That's a feeding trough for, for cattle. Wow, what an entrance, I thought. While I was wondering about this, I, I started thinking, wait a minute. Is that, is that an invitation? Is the angel inviting us to check this thing out or is he just telling us about it? And, and while I'm thinking about this, something amazing happened. All of a sudden, thousands upon thousands of angels show up. And they all say together in unison and shouting, Glory to God in the highest! And on earth peace to man on whom his favor rests. And then they were gone. Completely quiet. We were just stunned. 
whole minute went by before anybody said anything. Finally, Jonathan, who's always thinking of crazy ideas, said, hey, let's go to Bethlehem and see that this thing has happened. Now, I was thinking the same thing, but I didn't have the guts to say it, but Jonathan was all gung-ho about this, saying that, hey, we had an invitation from the angel to go check it out. Let's go. We argued about it for a few minutes, and then Eli, who was the leader that night, said, why not? And so we went from here and went to Bethlehem. We got to Bethlehem as quickly as we could, hoping our sheep would not be as stupid as the ones in Turkey, because we just decided to leave them. We're going. But so what if we get fired? How often is a savior of the world born and you get a personal invitation from an angel to go? A couple hundred sheep, no big deal. We were able to track down the stable where the baby was born. We found him exactly as the angel told us. He was there in a feeding trough, wrapped in swaddling clothes, just as he said. I know we didn't know the family, Mary and Joseph, but it didn't seem to faze them one bit that uneducated, smelly, shep- uh, nakimpies were there. In fact, they laughed right along with us as we celebrated. No, we partied at the sight of this new little one. Wow, the Savior of the world, and there's no room in any of the inns for him to be born. All right, I admit it, we overstayed our welcome. We must have gazed and laughed and cried and danced in that stable room for over an hour. And then Mary did it. She asked us if each of us would like to hold the baby. In all my wildest dreams, I never thought I would be holding in my arms the Messiah. And yet I was, here I was, Malachi Bar Samson, holding the Savior of the world. God is just too good. After we left the stable, we went everywhere to tell anyone about what had just happened. The Messiah has come. The Savior's born. An angel announced it to us, confirmed by the glory of God, filling the whole sky, and a bunch of other angels screaming at us. We woke up people from a dead sleep, going from place to place. People must have thought we had way too much to drink, but we weren't drunk. We had just the greatest story to tell, and if we didn't tell it, we were sure that the trees would yell it. And that was three months ago, my time. Now, don't tell me how it ends, as I'm really excited to find out for myself how this Messiah will do and and what he'll be for our people and for the whole world. All right, I I admit it. I I cheated a little bit in your time. I, 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 I don't know everything about how it ends, but I did notice that you're celebrating something called Christmas and that this must mean that there's a good outcome to this story. I also know that you celebrate this, this holiday by giving gifts to one another, and I think that's a very novel idea. However, no possible gift could ever be greater than the one that I received in my fellow shepherds. The gift of answered prayer and hope for the future. A savior of the world to rescue us from our sins. I do know this now for certain. God is there And he is not silent. He does concern himself with the affairs of all people, even a lowly, cynical shepherd like myself. No one has ever seen God, but God the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made him known.